Where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and for your guidance. Our confession today is we've not always been willing to read the signs, to be honest about where you're leading us, nor have we been obedient. But in a fresh new way, give us a spirit of willingness to follow after you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Emmanuel. Amen. Well, the market seems to be shifting. The crazed item for a number of years was a GPS, a global positioning system, a little box you put up on your dashboard. I've got one of those. My daughter has one of those. My son has one of those. My wife has one of those. And, and we found those to be helpful. I found those to be very helpful in the sense that you can get turn-by-turn directions with a very soothing, kind female voice. She doesn't sound like she's nagging at all. She doesn't ask the question, why are we going this way? Because she's already thought it through. Well, now we're shifting to some of those as Uh, Featured items, an optional item in a vehicle. You can get it in the dash built in. And and now they're moving to smartphones. I mean, we have Google Maps and we have Apple Maps, which some have called into question and not getting folks to the right destination. And, you know, I, I think about that and how helpful that is for me as a pastor when I come into a new community and I'm trying to find locations. A GPS is very helpful compared to the old ways of trying to drive and read a map at the same time. You know, we've been looking at simple Christmas symbols, things that are familiar in the Christmas story or during Advent. The angel that adorns the top of the tree, giving us good news and proclaiming that one is coming who will redeem the world, bringing good news of great joy. And then we looked at the manger. And for Mary and Joseph, the manger may have been a message of abandonment, a feeding trough as a crib. And yet for us, in hindsight, we're able to see that it was a glorious bassinet, something to hold our Savior. And how God entered into the lowly places of life through the Incarnation. And today, I want us to look at the star. The star, which sometimes adorns the top of trees as well. And, and we're familiar with that star. That star over Bethlehem, it's so much a part of the story, along with the Magi, the wise men. In fact, the wise men are going to connect us uh, to their gifts that we're going to talk about next week. But for today, I want to talk about that star and those wise men, the Magi. We don't know the exact number. We sing about three kings, but we don't exactly know. 
We don't know their names. We don't necessarily know the specific places where they came from. But we do know that they were very learned men. Uh, speculation tells us there may have been three, and, and tradition tells us what they may have brought, and, and cultural images, uh, Christmas pageants have helped us in the rendering in our mind of what they may have looked like. But we, we, we do know this, that they most likely came from the east, Babylon, Persia. Uh, they were advisors to the king. They were not actual kings. They were very learned. They studied astronomy, and they mixed that in with astrology, the study of the stars and interpreting the stars. They studied religion, and they studied history. And so as they would study these stars, they would begin to piece some things together. But we we have some questions still about how did they know that this star that rested over Bethlehem would be the one that would guide them to the king of the Jews. How would this star be the one that would bring them to this no ordinary kind of child? How would it take them to the Messiah? Well, a couple of things. They studied history. And one of those was Daniel the prophet. And Daniel makes a prophecy where he speaks about a sign that will be in the sky when the Messiah is born. In the book of Numbers, it says a star will come out of Jacob. And so piecing together history and religion, they were able to work with the coordinates of the stars to find that this one, truly this one, was a guiding light to help them find the Messiah. That's comforting for me. And what's even more comforting is I think we can parallel their journey with our journey. That as we follow the star, if you would, in our spiritual journey, we find some things like to what they experienced. And so how does this journey of the Magi approximately 2,000 years ago relate to our spiritual journey? And how do truths surface that are applicable for us come from their story? Well, it's not just to teach us, but it's to transform us. And so we've all asked these questions, every one of us, even your pastor. Where am I to travel? When am I to get there? And who will I find when I get there? Crossroad questions, questions that we ask at intersections of our lives, tough questions. Should I relocate to get closer to family? Should I take that job that's been offered to me? Should I get married? Is this the right time? Should I make that sizable purchase? Should I have that surgery? There's a thousand different questions in this room with a thousand different implications. And we wonder if we're pursuing the right star. We're wondering, do we have the right point of reference? Or are we working from a wrong point of reference? Well, one of the things that comes about in following the star, in being guided, and being a faithful follower, 
is we have to understand, just like the Magi, the traveling can be dangerous. Wasn't it Jesus that said to the disciples, See, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. The Magi, as they followed the star, could testify to the danger. There was excitement, and there was joy, and there was a sense of confirmation, yes, this is where we need to go. But they would encounter Herod, an evil king, who would mandate that all male children of the age of two should be killed. And so they went the back roads to get back home. Isn't it interesting that when we're doing the will of God, blessing will come, but it doesn't always come immediately. In fact, in many cases, when we do what's right, there's a real cost. There can be suffering. There can be sacrifice. I, I think about that for some even in this church. I, I think about a family in our church who moved from another state and, and they sensed a guiding light. They sensed that God was moving them here. Uh, they wanted to be with family. They looked at their value system. They sensed confirmation. They needed to be here. They put their house up on the market. They lowered the price. They would even take a loss it still has not sold. We've talked about that. There's still no question they did what was right. Patience will be a part of the equation. But I think we're misled when we think, well, if I'm absolutely doing the will of God, it's going to be easy. Blessing will come, but it may not come immediately. Sometimes we step into dangerous places when we're doing the right thing. It is true, the safest place you can be in is in the will of God. But the flip side of that is the most dangerous place you could be in is in the will of God. In other words, we've drawn close to God, but God may allow us to travel, to follow that star through dangerous places to make us more like Him. Following, as the Magi did, brought not only a danger, it brought the factor of the mysterious. Following God can be mysterious. Just like that GPS, I like to be able to program it and, and plug in the actual address of the destination. I want to hear her sweet voice say, you've reached your destination. I want to hear her say that. And as I, I plug in those coordinates, I know for the most part, she's not going to mislead me. And wouldn't it be nice if we could function in that same way? If we could somehow remove the mystery of God's will. That while we're in the journey, we would have more clarity. That we would have a sense, hey, I'm going in the right direction. But God is big on adventures. And I believe He allows that mysterious to be at work in our lives. Now it all comes together later, and we see it as a full picture in, in the panoramic view in hindsight. But while we're going through it, it's difficult. It's not easy. 
I, I think about some of the things that we lean into when we're dealing with the mystery, and they're not always good. When the questions aren't answered, we begin to look solely at our feelings. And yet feelings cannot always be trusted. I mean, feelings can be affected by a lot of things. Hormones, lack of sleep, stress, bad pizza. I mean, there's a number of things that can contribute to how we feel. And so to do the will of God may not always come through a confirmation in our feeling. Feelings are important. And emotion plays a key part in it being who we are. But since we're talking about directions, how many men feel like they're not lost when they're driving? How many men feel? Most of the men in this room feel that it's in this general area. Right? But when it's all said and done, our feelings have been wrong. And our wives are there to help us remember how clueless we are. And so think about the star. And how to follow that star, there's an element of faith. And we may step into the dangerous. Oh, how we'd like a formula. You know, like those books for the dummies, you know, repairing your computer for dummies, changing your oil for dummies. And we'd like the will of God for dummies. But we've got some guidance. And we've got some aids. And one of the scriptures that is probably familiar to you is trust in the Lord with all your heart, out of Proverbs. And do not rely on your own insights or feelings. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Very simply, our job is to trust in the Lord. His job is to make our path straight. Our job is to draw near to Him. His job is to guide us one step at a time. Sometimes we get caught up in analysis, paralysis. We say, I don't know which way to go, and I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake, and so fear grips us, and we become paralyzed spiritually and emotionally and relationally. And so we end up not making a decision. And when we fail to make a decision, we've really made a decision by doing nothing. So sometimes the will of God can be such a mystery. And God loves adventure. And He's invited us to join Him in a great adventure. And so we simply draw near to Him and He'll guide us in that next step. And so it can be dangerous, it can be mysterious, and that is, must have been what the Magi felt. This is a mystery to us. We've encountered this King Herod. He concerns us. But it can be greatly demanding as well. You know, when we look atop a Christmas tree and we see a star, it ought to be a reminder from this story that God doesn't always lead us down the easiest path. 
It can be demanding. It can be towering. It can be a long trip. I mean, think about the Magi. They traveled over a thousand miles. It took three to four months to get to their destination. And following God is a road that is difficult. Oh, it has joy, but it has sacrifice. And there won't be a crowd because it's the road less traveled. And there are easier roads, but they may not be the best. Billy Graham, who is aged as we know, wrote this in one of his articles. Within the New Testament, there's no indication that Christians should expect to be healthy, wealthy, and successful in this present age. Christ never told his disciples that they would get the Academy Award for their performances. He did not tell them to expect to have a perfect life and have no problems. This age is interested in in success, not suffering. We can identify with James and John who wanted choice seats next to Christ when the kingdom came into fruition. We might even ask for a recliner and soft music. But God has demanded more from us, and He's called us to be His followers. And that comes with a cross, and that comes with a cost. And so to parallel the stories of the journey of the Magi, recognizing that it can be dangerous, recognizing at times the star while it may shine at moments, can go dark in our lives. And the mystery surfaces. But God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's made demands and He said, follow and I will make you like me. But it's going to cost you something. And the journey may not be easy but it'll be worth it. Delia and I had the pleasure of serving on St. Simon's Island for eight years. And while we were there, there was a family that was connected to our church, not members. And they had a very difficult situation. Uh, Two girls, just like the Sisson family. And the older girl, at age 12, developed a brain tumor. Now you need to know their story. They they were very affluent. Uh, He owned um, some stores there on the island. One of them was a men's clothing store. They went to the best schools in the area. They were very active in their church. All seemed to be going right. And then this hit. And she was blogging, and we were communicating with her, and she was reflecting, and there was real depth in the midst of the pain. And one of the things near Connor, Connor was the older daughter that had the brain tumor. Near Connor's death, she wrote, while this has been a journey of pain and struggle, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Some reacted back on her blog with criticism. And so she writes back. And what their criticism was that she was kind of Pollyanna in denial that that surely you would take back some of this. 
surely you would rewind the tape and have it played out differently. And here's what she wrote. I would like to address some comments, criticisms that might have arisen from my posting regarding to the phrase, not changing the events that have occurred. Okay? I never wish for anyone, especially my children, to have a brain tumor. But the growth our family has had with God, our Maker and Jesus Christ, our Savior has been profound and only could have occurred because of this great tragedy. The peace and understanding that I now have has only come from complete and total surrender. I have walked with God for many years, loved Him, prayed to Him, depended on Him, and even been angry with Him, but never completely understood total surrender. As an independent, strong-willed female, I tried hard to be with God on my terms. I studied the Bible and prayed earnestly for guidance and healing, but there were strongholds on me that I could not shake free from. My afflictions and insecurities were placed as thorns so that I might be humbled and listen more intently to His message. But I must have a high tolerance for pain because I continued to to prod down my path, limping all the way. And then she writes, as our Heavenly Father, who loves us more than we love our own children, He knows this is our wake-up call. I know now that many of the things that had strongholds over me simply don't matter anymore. My house, my clothing, my work, my vacations, my possessions are not idols anymore. Yet I never thought of them as idols before, but surely they're not now. Thank you. God is showing this to me, and I'm so sorry it took me so long. What's beautiful about this is what this woman is saying is God in His mystery and His guidance system can lead us down an extremely rocky and painful road that will lead us to a better place. A beautiful place. And I think about the Magi and how they struggled and how they were caught up in the mystery and they wondered about their point of reference and they contended with Herod And yet, when they arrived at the manger and saw the splendor and grace and glory of this child, it was worth it. And I think that's what she's saying. Is I'm glad to get the gold out of the brokenness. You see, for them it was dangerous. It was mysterious and it was demanding. For us in our journey... Such is the case. But the broken road that we take will lead us to a beautiful place. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We follow that star. Sometimes it goes out. Sometimes it shines bright. But we will be faithful. I'm going to ask Jerry to lead us in our final hymn.